And welcome, everybody, to episode 19 of the Regression to the Meme podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. And it is different vibes over here than last week um, <laughs> in the Sean Moran Fantasy Clubhouse. Um, things, are, things are looking pretty up right now. Keegan Thompson joining us, as always, on Monday nights, recapping what was actually a high-scoring NFL Sunday. Keegan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Sean, and it was indeed a high-scoring football Sunday yesterday, despite a somewhat lull of a Monday night game. This was a great weekend for fantasy. Great weekend for fantasy, and particularly it was a great Sunday morning slate. Sunday morning, I mean, kind of was the best possible gift we could get. We had that Lions-Dolphins game. We had that surprising Panthers-Falcons game. What you a know, game that was. Yeah, we didn't have that on our on, on our matchup segment last week as something we highlighted. So that was like a classic NFC South shootout where it'd be like Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton. But we got the Marcus Mariota versus PJ Walker show. Yeah, we had that. PJ Walker's electric. Yeah. <laughs> PJ Walker throws absolute missiles, like rockets. That throw he had to DJ Moore that should have been the game winner. We'll get to uh unsportsmanlike penalties a little bit later here in the podcast. I think that was the farthest throw ever tracked by next-gen uh, stats. Yeah, so farthest farthest touchdown, like, through the air, like, yards traveled through the air since they started uh, counting that since 2006. And, like, earlier in the game, he missed DJ Moore on what was, like, another throw of that length in the air. He's got an absolute cannon on him. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think that the Panthers have spent how many draft picks on former busts? Sam Darnold, sorry, dude. Got to say his name on the podcast. I mean, it's actually pretty good. You finessed second-round draft picks out of the Panthers organization for Sam Darnold. You know, they paid for Baker Mayfield. They traded up and took Matt Corral in the draft, who's not even playing. Like, the way that this organization has handled quarterback has been dreadful. They even brought back the corpse of Cam Newton last year. And all along, P.J. Walker's just XFL quarterback, team preseason stud, has just been sitting there as the third-string quarterback, and he's kind of got some juice. I mean, he looks pretty good. I don't know if he's an NFL quarterback long-term, but, I mean, Panther season isn't really going anywhere. Why not just ride it with this guy? Yeah, and, you know, to the tune of XFL quarterbacks, we've got another former one in Taylor Heineke, who's also... (laughs) Just suck. He's just fun to watch because he thinks he's way better than he is at football, and that's what makes him so great. His his like fuck it, we ball mentality is I, my favorite thing about him. It's really hard to dislike Taylor Heineke. Carson Wentz had Taylor Heineke's brain and personality. That'd be a top five quarterback in the NFL, <laughs> right? In terms of skill and confidence, like Carson is just uh, deer in the headlights out there. Taylor Heineke's like, I'm just trying to make a play, like. He thinks he's Aaron Rodgers out there. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Like the way he moves around and hugs it. So like, yeah, it's it's really interesting. That team who I thought was in the running to be one of the worst teams in the NFL is four and four. So, you know, good for them. I have always liked Ron Rivera. So he was catching a lot of flack at the beginning of the year. A lot of people had him as a first coach fired. So I'm happy Riverboat Ron is, is still coaching. He was like a good guy. He yeah, just- you know unfortunately hates a really good running back in Antonio Gibson. (laughs) 
Yeah, Brian Robinson is an incredible story, but I played him in fantasy this week and looked like a running back who scored two fantasy points. He, yes. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't really have a ton of juice and kind of runs really straight up for a running back. It's weird. You know, usually running backs want to get tiny, hit the hole. And this dude's, <laughs> this dude's running like he's wearing a back brace. But hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to doubt the man. Incredible story. His Literally. effort on runs is probably what Ron Rivera loves. I mean, like he gives it all for that two yards each time. I mean, he's giving he, it all. He looked like he had more burst in the preseason, though. Like, he, so it, it's hard to discern what the impact that two gunshot wounds will have on your speed first. Yeah, that's not really my area of expertise. I can't yeah. really go on or on Yeah, as somebody who's lived through a couple gunshot, no, no, no idea. <laughs> Cannot speak to that. Antonio Gibson looks like a better player out there. And, you know, I, I think outside of those games, that was an afternoon game. Another morning game that was awesome was Vikings-Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins back like he's never left. It's almost like those steroids helped him. Oh, gosh, he's so good at football. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like he wasn't good last year, took some roids, got popped, came back, looks great. Who would have <laughs> ever thought <laughs> steroids are great? One-handed um, touchdown grab. Thank you. Come again. He makes that offense semi-competent and it just cliff looks like such a donkey i, I thought you were gonna say something like he makes that offense look awesome and you just no 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 competent competent like this <laughs> offense gets good once they're out of like their scripted cliff plays like you know typically offenses are good at the beginning of games because the coach has a script which is typically for like for our listeners that don't know a script is like 15 to 25 plays that they're like, we're going to run these plays until we're going to start the game. And the minute they get off of Cliff's script and it's just Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins riffing, they can score points, which is hilarious. And then you have on the other side, the Vikings are a team that has a bunch of good offensive players. They looks like they're coached pretty well. They run good plays, but they are just the kings of taking a lead and just letting the team come back. So they're fun for fantasy because they have good skill position players and they have a defense. It's like, yeah, we'll let you score. Come back in this game. So that was another fun one. And I feel like it's always madness at that stadium in Minneapolis. Like just they pan to it and it's just purple and people are just going ape shit. And Kirk Cousins looks either like rattled and he's got piss going down his leg or he's just thrown his fourth touchdown. I don't know. Like that team is just hilarious. So they're always fun when they're in the morning slate, especially against the, a cliff team. But enough about all the fun that was Sunday morning. You know, we're seven minutes into this podcast, Keegan, and we haven't even mentioned Sam Darnold Jr., Zach Wilson. He, <laughs> I thought we would he, get away from it if I just directed <laughs> the topic somewhere else. <laughs> Should have probably won that game on that pick six, but a terrible unsportsmanlike penalty, rough in the passer, which probably was the right call. You can't, you can't come right in and hit him late. But it doesn't mean that we should have that call in the NFL. And, you know, to that having that call later on, Zach Wilson took a hit, very similar timing, and it wasn't a call. I mean, look, I'm not a ref guy. I don't like to blame the refs, but there was some questionable calls. I mean, one of Zach Wilson's interceptions, the guy was out of bounds. They had a leg out of bounds, but the call stood. There was an offensive PI on one of the Patriots touchdowns, but that's not what's important. What's important is Zach Wilson is hashtag bad at football that's yeah that's what's important he he uh he was doing the thing where he tried to throw the ball away and threw a pick trying to throw the ball away which is 
kind of a cardinal sin of football. <laughs> you just should not do that. If you're going to throw the ball away, throw it out of the field of play, you cannot let these passes get picked off. Did you see what his quote was? He, he said, you tired know, of throwing the ball away. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of throwing the ball away. He's like, you know, the past couple of weeks, I've been throwing the ball away a ton to help us win games and put us in position to have a chance to win. And, you know, I could try to do that again today, but I'm just like getting tired of it. You know, I'm tired of getting out of the pocket and having the play right down. And then I don't see anything there and I have to throw it away. I'm like, you, you can't just throw the ball because you're bored and you don't want to throw it out of bounds, Zach. Uh, he just doesn't really look like somebody who knows how to play quarterback or doesn't really understand what a quarterback's job is. It, and the he, frustrating like, part is like the, the offense and the scheme is, is there for him to like help them win games. And like, I shout out to Jets Twitter and like the many people who write about Jets and cover the Jets, like outside of the actual Jets beat. Cause there are some awesome people who break down film and you know, I, I watched these from Zach Wilson throw breakdowns, like throw by throw in all of his games after. And like, he just misses so many easy plays and he wants somebody the challenging plays, like doesn't want the easy stuff across the middle. And it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like everything is there for you to help this team win games. And it's hurting all the people around him. And the defense is playing their ass off. Yeah. There's dude. I, I still saw something today. The Jets are ranked 32nd overall on team offense now. And they're like first at team defense or in the top three. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, uh, it is frustrating. And like, I shouldn't be that bummed. Like we won more games than I thought we would this year. And Zach's been behind center for a lot of those wins. So I just have to let the bad vibes ride out, but we got to play the bills next week. And that's not going to be fun, Sean. Outside of just talking about Zach Wilson's performance, which yes, was, was terrible. He threw three interceptions, all backbreaking <laughs> interceptions at terrible <laughs> times. Garrett Wilson did have a nice game. And Garrett Tyler, good. Tyler Conklin had a nice game, which was pretty random. <laughs> Where was this three weeks ago when I was playing Tyler Conklin? <laughs> and um, Michael Carter, you know, I think he got over 10 PPR fantasy points. So you're missing the home run hitter that is Brees Hall. It's going to be tough to really generate a lot of those explosives without him. But Garrett Wilson probably should have had like 30 fantasy points if Zach Wilson didn't miss him on so many <laughs> Dude, just wide open shots that he, he missed him on. He even had Denzel Mims on a go route and Denzel Mims had a step on the DP and he ended up throwing it to his back shoulder. And like, if he just leads him, Denzel Mims is probably gone for a huge play touchdown. Like there's several of those moments that happened in, in every Jets game with Zach Wilson. And it's makes me want to just like pull my hair out. Brutal. Yeah. I, I was, I was feeling for you. I was feeling Sean, for you, man. I uh, would love to talk more about the Jets, but I would love to hear about some positive news from you, Sean. Tell me what it was like to watch that Christian McCaffrey performance this weekend. It was emotionally magnificent on, <laughs> on pretty much uh, every single level that was so cool I, you know the second half is happening the touchdown pass uh, oh geez the touchdown pass was awesome because it was super similar to a play we ran in week 17 where we went to SoFi in a must-win game with our season on the line and won Debo threw a uh, touchdown to Juwan Jennings we saw I was just getting total flashbacks Shani just absolute in his bag but what was so cool about Christian McCaffrey was the fact that he allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to play out of structure. So what I mean by that 
is Jimmy Garoppolo is this quarterback where he's very point and shoot. So meaning the first read or second read is there, he's going to throw it kind of no matter what. That's why we see some of these awful back-breaking interceptions because he's just throwing it regardless if it's there, if he's reading it or not. He's just doing whatever Kyle's telling him to do. One of the big things about Trey Lance this season was the fact that the play could break down and Trey could run, scramble, kind of improvise, right? Do things out of structure. And that was something this offense desperately needed and something that Jimmy just really hasn't been able to do. I like to make this joke that the man's a statue back there. He's a pocket sloth. Tom Brady at 45 is faster than Jimmy G is right now. But we saw multiple times in this game where Jimmy went through multiple reads and actually trusted his check down. And he would dump it off to CMC. And CMC is just so fucking good that he can make pretty much anyone in front of a miss and get a first down. He ran 20 routes and was targeted nine times. Five of those catches, he had a first down. And the touchdown he had was ridiculous. Like Jimmy went through three or four different reads, kind of just looks over at McCaffrey. McCaffrey's not even running around in the play and just goes. So it's just completely improvised backyard football. And it's something this offense is just desperately needed. He, he gives an offense that has George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel extra juice because he kind of unlocks everything. And I said this when we traded for him. Jeff Wilson's been a really good running back running in between the tackles, but he's lacked that home run hitting ability to get out to the outside. And, you know, that's what we saw with Raheem Mostert. And CMC's been able to do that, plus be just an absolute all-world wide receiver on top of it. And he completely dominated that game. Like, dominated. 40 fantasy points. The guy was just... It's why you trade all those picks, right? Like, you kind of laugh at it, but he is more than a running back. What he did on Sunday was just, it was really cool. It was, it was really cool. And we get like Debo back get a towel and clean next week. Up yeah, we dude. The next segment. Yeah, I, um, yeah, we probably should move on to the next segment. But yeah, <laughs> like I said, emotionally magnificent. Like, I, I, I can't believe Jimmy played that well, to be honest, Keegan. Did not expect that from him. I don't know if he'll continue to play that well. That touchdown to Kittle in the back of the end zone was ridiculous. But like I said, CMC's in the fold. It should make everyone else better. Ayuk's been awesome. You know, Debo didn't play, so I think that factors into Ayuk's production. Kittle with another really solid fantasy week for tight end. Only like 12 points, but he's playing well. Given and the, the Niners fans sold out so far. I mean, that's evergreen, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's Levi's South, man. That's our building. I mean, we did lose in the uh, NFC Championship game, but the, whatever. The picture of the stadium where it's like, this is Rams house, and it's just a sea of red fans. They <laughs> have fans. Hurt. They've got tens of thousands of them. <laughs> tens of thousands of fans. They're really passionate, really passionate fan base. This is a fantasy football podcast, so we probably should talk fantasy football and it was another exciting week so to recap here what keegan and i do on our monday night episodes on thursday we predict our perfect lineups these are the players that we think are going to lead their respective positions all the way from qb1 down to kicker one on monday we review our perfect lineup predictions 
It After turns out we're never right. <laughs> we're kind of right. We're kind of right. Uh, you were you're pretty solid last week. It's hard, dude. Like We should probably do like a scoring system to try and beat each other, person you're close with, whatever. Um, after we go through our perfect line of predictions, Keegan and I go through a segment called Milk Was a Bad Choice. Milk Was a Bad Choice was our opportunity to just air out our bad takes. Guys that you know, we thought were good choices in the moment. Turns out, after hindsight, not great picks. Afterwards, what do we do? We got to send some people to fantasy jail because it's never our fault, Keegan, that we chose the wrong players. It's not our fault. It's injuries, you don't suck penalties, Sean. The players <laughs> suck at playing. The players, the coaches. It's never our fault, Keegan. So we need to, you know, send some responsible parties behind bars into fantasy jail, and then after that, we go through all things week nine. Yeah, week is it week nine? Yeah, week nine. Week waiver nine. wire, insane. Okay. Perfect lineup. I'm going to pull mine up right now. I'm going to go through it. I'll do the same. So I originally had Jalen Hurts. I said, you know what? Switcheroo, Kyler Murray. I'm going to put you as my QB1. He actually finished his QB3 on the day, so not bad. I had Derek Henry as my running back one. I'm going to cash it. Thank you. Kind of chalk, though. Kind of chalk. Are we um, cashing that? He's like yeah. RB three on the day. Oh, we're, it, look, if he made it in the perfect lineup, he made it in the perfect lineup. Fair, we're we're fair, cashing fair. that. I had Kenneth Walker at running back too. You know what? He's awesome. He played well, but you kind of called this matchup. You said, I don't think it's going to be that fantasy friendly, Sean. Turns out wasn't that fantasy friendly. <laughs> I had Tyree Kill as my wide receiver one. Did Tyreek finish in the top three? You tell me. He's like right outside of it. There were some good, dude, there were some good performances this week. We'll highlight that on a second. Brutal. I had Justin Jefferson as wide receiver too. Kind of a boring day. I had DeAndre Hopkins. Cash that. Oh, T. Higgins. Come on, bro. <laughs> I had George Kittle, who had a pretty decent day. Can't complain. I think he finished his top five at the position this week. 49ers defense, which didn't do much, but I can live with it. And Daniel Carlson who uh, scored as many points as Keegan and I did uh, this weekend. <laughs> Helps when you're, uh, it's tough for a kicker to score uh, when their team gets shut out. Keegan, your perfect lineup. You had Josh Allen, QB1. Oof, he finishes, what, QB? God, he did not do well this week. Well, yeah, he's, I have it somewhere. He sucks. He's going to go to fantasy jail. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. Just an off week for Joe for Josh. Top, top, um, yeah, super off week scores twenty points. Uh, you had Derek hey. Henry, um, RB one. You and I both chalk there. You had Saquon as your RB two. Didn't deliver the goods there. You no, had, no. You had Stephon Diggs, Chris Olave, T Higgins. You went zero for three on wideouts. Did, did no Diggs didn't yeah. make it in. No. Nope. You had Tony Pollard in your flex. Tony Pollard eight. Pretty good call. Still not the starter though. Uh, you Still had <laughs> you had Zach Ertz at tight end. He did he just in the top five? Yeah, he did fine. I think he actually did better than Kittle. You had uh, the Eagles versus the uh, the Kenny Pickett tiny hands, and uh, they were which, second. Yeah, that was a good call. And then you had Jake Elliott. Where'd Jake finish? He had like four points. It did not kick a lot of field goals. Yeah, he sucked. I wanted to pick him up a couple times this year, but they just scored too many touchdowns. They and they don't score in the goals. second half. They don't score in the second half. <laughs> Let's talk about the people that actually crushed it this week. And finishing at QB1 for the second time this season, it's Tua. Tua Tungavaiolo. Fucking A. Tungavai. How do you say Tua's last name? Tua Nong. 
<laughs> Tua Tunga Viola. There's like a tongue, Tunga Viola. Yeah, I'm going to say Tua Tunga Viola finishing with 29.18 fantasy points. Tua's the man. He's one of your favorite players in the NFL. Tell us a little bit about this performance from Tua Keegan and what you saw I, from the uh, Dolphins offense. I low-key hate this. <laughs> So Dude, they're, they're nice. That offense is sick. I mean, yeah. So he'd be supported by Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, obviously, who are probably the best wide receiver duo, at least in fantasy, maybe not, and, and maybe even in the league right now together. I mean, they have been electric. He sent 68% of his throws in between those two alone. And if you're going to throw to those guys all day, you're probably going to have a productive game. And look, I'll give two of his flowers. Like, he's had some really good weeks this year, and he's looked like a really good quarterback. But I will not miss an opportunity to say that he still underthrows his wide receivers. I mean... They're so fast. Tyreek, They're so fast, it's oh, hard yeah, to actually hit him in stride. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, Tyreek Hill is running the opposite way on the field to come back for some of these balls. But I'm not going to take anything away from Tua. I thought he played awesome. Uh, that was Look, actually a really fun game to watch. It's almost like somebody or two people on Friday could have predicted that was a fun matchup to follow. <laughs> it's almost like we thought that would happen. And everyone else did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are not the only ones who thought Lions-Dolphins would be a fun one. I think two is really impressive. I saw a stat that he's the number one quarterback in the NFL right now against man coverage. Now, is that a byproduct of the fact that you have literal, literally the two of the five fastest players in the NFL, a wide receiver? Probably. Probably maybe, that helps. Maybe. But let's let's be real here. When Tua plays and doesn't pretty much almost die in game, he he's really good and they win. So it's almost like I, I understand you got Emmanuel Acho, one of our favorite tanksters, saying he's better than Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I'm not saying that about Tua, but what I'm saying is is that he's an effective point guard of this offense meaning that he knows where to put the ball. He knows which reads way to, to make. It. Yeah, he's point guarding the offense, he's, and he's doing a pretty good job. He's kind, he's kind of shifty, too. He can run, make some plays with his legs. Like, I think he's a good player, and I think he's been given a wonderful offense to quarterback with just absolute... I mean, it's just hard to put into words how fucking good Tyree Kill is. I mean, and, you, and, Mike, <laughs> and Mike McDaniel is a wizard. Is a, like, I saw somebody say... Is it safe to say the Chiefs weren't using Tyreek Hill enough? Like, were they were they misusing the cheetah? I don't. I'm not gonna go out and say that. But him and Waddle are just on pace just, for like two thousand yards yeah. this year. He's gonna beat the receiving yard record on my two and six fantasy team right now. Okay, so we have Tua as QB one, RB one and RB two, and uh, even our RB three who were starting at flex or the return. Of the retirement home running backs. These are guys that all reached the old age of 27, an age that Leonardo DiCaprio wouldn't go near. And these guys delivered the goods. We had Alvin Kamara finishing with 42.8 fantasy points. In our notes, I just have, oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> we called it. He was a prime positive regression candidate, meaning that this guy had a ton of yards, ton of receptions, and no touchdowns. It was kind of like the reverse Alvin Kamara. Anyone that's had Alvin Kamara knows he's like, touchdown, God. Book 15 to 20, it's coming. Had none so far this season. And we said we wouldn't be surprised if he finished with four. You know, we kind of oversold it. He only finished with three. Sean, but it was this great is what we to have see Alvin Kamara. 
Yeah, this is what we have from the notes last week and highlighting how bad Las Vegas is against the pass. And they said, speaking of receiving, seems like the perfect game for Alvin Kamara. One TD on the ground this week, one TD through the air this week. Book it. Cash block. Hey, let's go. I played Alvin Kamara in, a, in the league you and I play in. Fuck you, Brandon. You always love to see it. And another guy we already talked about, another guy that, you know, I, I took my pants off for a little bit talking about him. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey finishing with 40 fantasy points, pulling LaDainian Tomlinson, a touchdown through the air, a touchdown receiving, touchdown rushing. Absolutely incredible game. We've already hit on it a lot here. Uh, what a monster he is. Amazing. Just incredible. Another just physical specimen on the other side of it where Christian McCaffrey is just this shifty, just incredible lightning fast running back. And then you just have the king, Derrick Henry, his fourth straight game against the Texans in which he's gone for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. That is not a typo. He is not playing high school football. This is the NFL. And he has gone for over 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns in four straight games against one team. I mean, that is absurd. The King... They had a scoring drive and they ran 10 rush plays and didn't throw the ball once against Houston. Derrick Henry is just lodging it through their defensive line. He looked incredible. Like... He doesn't have that same breakaway burst when he hits the secondary, like the second level that he used to have, but he looks awesome. And I was saying this on Twitter. I think Derrick Henry, if he keeps this up, even just does this for the rest of this year and does something next year, considering the longevity of running back careers now, I think he's headed to Canton. And he's just been one of the really, really cool players of our generation, one of the best fantasy players of our generation. He's the fantasy player that everyone's like, I don't want to draft him. He's over the hill. He's done. And he's like, Kings stay Kings, baby. Kings stay Kings. I am Derrick Henry. Yeah, bend the knee. Yeah, just an absolute incredible player. Um, Any other thoughts on Derrick Henry? Well, this is my first year owning Derrick Henry as a fantasy manager, and it's been awesome. I mean, just don't put him in the lineup. Don't even think twice about it and watch him go. Um, But It's pretty cool knowing you're running back's going to get 20 touches just like yeah it's good and basically anytime there's an opportunity to score a touchdown he's getting the rock like you know what i mean it's it's nice to know the entire offense is built around this specific player and what he does but yeah i mean just on the running backs in general this is a great week for them all over the board um i mean seven running backs cracked the top 20 and ppr is forming this weekend um and so if you remove qbs from that who obviously have a little bit higher ceiling on points um, that makes up seven of the 13 top scorers in fantasy this week. So great running back weekend in fantasy and great tough to see weekend some of for that. you. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. zero RB terrific, man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of eat well, my words a little bit, but well, actually, actually not though, because our fourth, our fourth flex. So, you know, in this perfect lineup, we play a quarterback, two running backs, two wideouts, two flexes, a defense and a kicker. And we actually have four running backs in this lineup, which is the first time we've had this all year. Tony Pollard is the fourth running back, which is kind of the crown jewel of the zero RB or hero RB strategy, where you take well, your Derrick yeah. Henry, where you take your Derrick Henry in the first round, and then you're just trying to like kind of throw Hail Marys on late round running backs. You're taking Tony Pollard in the eighth round. Tony Pollard, I think he has 14 carries, over 100 yards, three rushing touchdowns. The dude is shot out of an actual cannon. But don't even think about it. Don't you dare say it. He is the backup running back he on is this the team. This team we go goes. Where Zeke goes. Where Zeke <laughs> goes. Tony Pollard right now 
in terms of EPA, which is like an efficiency stat that basically tells you this guy's good, this guy's bad, takes a lot of it into context, similar to DVOA. And it's, a spec, it's, it's called expected points added, just meaning when this person touches it compared to another person, this is how many points they add off a touch. Tony Pollard right now is the number one running back in EPA, and he, he has faced the fourth most loaded boxes. So he's faced the fourth most boxes with eight plus defenders. It's not like he's seeing like nickel coverage with five or six DBs on the field. He is getting ran into some of the most difficult running situations, and he has been the best running back in terms of EPA. Like, it's insane. He should be playing more. I don't. Zeke has I never done it. this like level of production on like that many touches in his career. Like, no, Zeke was a I volume mean, beast. Look, Zeke's had a great career. Zeke's been a really good football player, and he's still a good football player, right? But she is not worth his contract, and Tony Pollard's better. So I don't know how you want to mix him in and use him, but the guy does not get the ball anymore in the passing game, does not have the burst anymore. He's an excellent pass protection. He's a good goal line back. Like, Zeke is still a good player, but Tony Pollard is, is just shot out of a cannon. Like, we talk about juice all the time on this podcast. Tony P has the juice. Like, 9.36 yards a carry this week. He definitely has some fucking juice. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know who else has juice? AJ Brown, our wide receiver one on the week, finishing with 39 fantasy points. JB was kind of another dude who was similar to Alvin Kamara in the sense like, when are the touchdowns coming? Like, when's the big week coming? You know, he's been at this 16 point, 18 point. Where's the spike week? We got it. AJ Brown had the best week of his career by halftime and these touchdowns weren't your catch us catch a bubble screen catch a slant take it to the house it was i've got double coverage along the boundary throw a 60 yard go ball to me i'm going to beat double coverage absolutely ridiculous what are your thoughts on aj brown oh i wasn't i I didn't have that in in the end zone aj brown bingo card i didn't know jaylen hurts had the juice like that i didn't know aj brown was catching balls like that but what did you think about AJ Brown's performance this week. Not only is like it the best career game like that he had, and and it was at halftime. He also has maybe the best and most worth it unsportsmanlike conduct flag <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he goes up <laughs> over two defenders in the end zone, snags on both of them, catches it, looks at the first defender, points at him on the ground. Second defender points at him on the ground. I mean, totally worth it. I mean, that is like I, that's what I want to see in football. I love that like level of celebration i can't believe that's a flag i know we'll talk about it but aj brown is a physical specimen sean i mean he is an insane weapon he has more yards receiving than the entire titans receiving core has total you hear me out total. wouldn't wouldn't he be the perfect fit on the titans it's incredible huh? wouldn't he be a perfect fit with derrick henry just imagine the physicality in that offense like wow it just traded him for Traylon burks that, that was their grand plan. Hey, we like Traylon, but, you know, he's basically a glorified big, big slot receiver. And his fees- they traded A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown has injury issues. And then the guy that traded for him has turf toe and he's on the IR. The irony. Um, yeah, I don't know why they did that trade. But A.J. <laughs> Brown looking awesome in an Eagles jersey going off. He is now wide receiver seven on the season. So if you took him in the second round, late second round, early third, you were very happy with your return on investment right now for A.J. Brown. Wide receiver two on the week, DeAndre Hopkins. We mentioned him a little bit earlier when we were going through our perfect line of predictions. I thought he was going to ball out this week. 
Turns out he was going to ball out this week. You know, what do you over 10 catches, over 140 yards, another touchdown, you know, no, I'm happy you took those steroids. You're looking great, man. Cause you looked washed last year. I'm not going to lie. You kind of killed me in fantasy last season. You look great so far and you're looking like the league winner that a lot of people held on to you for this season. What do you think about DeAndre Hopkins? Do you think he's going to continue this pace? Oh, yes. I mean, Kyler Murray just has to feed him the ball. He's too good not to be fed like that, right? And also, it's just so apparent. His ball skills have always been, like, top-tier, like, elite-level ball skills. Like, his hands have glue on them. Like, they really do. That one-handed grab, like, slant in the end zone play was incredible. I could not believe it. It just stuck to his hand. It didn't even move once it got there. I mean, he makes catching the football look so effortless. And football's a better sport when DeAndre Hopkins is playing. So I'm I too am glad he took those PEDs. He looks fantastic. Dude's a Hall of Famer. I don't next question, sir. But yeah, he's been back for two weeks. Each game he's seen over 13 targets. He's seen over 10 catches. And he's gone over a hundred yards <laughs> in yeah. both. Yeah, he he's got a 260 receiving yards already in two games. Um yeah. It's so funny looking at his fantasy point output because of the like suspensions to zero zero zero. First week back, twenty bomb. Second week back, thirty-three bomb. Dude, <laughs> Rondell right back at it. If Rondell played well, everyone you and I were like, I'm not playing Rondell last week. Yeah. Man went off, which is cool. I've got Rondell shared, so I'll take it. Um, but you know, outside of Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, AJ Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Derek Henry, Tony Pollard. Some honorable mentions, Dante Foreman kind of told you to go start him. Use my, one of my streams of the week at running back. I'm going to toot my own, own Let's put horn my hand here. Up. I've been very negative about the Carolina running back situation. I haven't been a believer that this bad of a team could produce such a, such a fantasy output that the running back system. Complete 180. I have no idea what's going on with that team. I think they don't play very good teams. Like that division is not good. So I think they're the beneficiary of a soft schedule. But you're you're right. I, I wouldn't have picked Dante Foreman going off for 31.8 fantasy points and three touchdowns and just looking fantastic. He basically um, had the same yards total back to back weeks, did he not? Like 118 yeah. yards back to no, back weeks. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a good start for him because no Chuba. I'm not a believer in the Falcons defense. I thought he could give you 15 to 20 points. Did not think I'd see 30, pretty much 32 points from Dante Foreman. We had 25 from Travis Etienne. Uh, baby season is in full effect. That's yeah, for he sure. Was, I know beginning of the season, someone compared him to Jamal Charles. He low-key has that acceleration. He, he's a, he's, he's a special player. Nobody's Jamal Charles. Nobody's Jamal Charles. I mean, man, Jamal Charles. That just, is... just, uh, just watch the tape, dude. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. Um, our other honorable mentions, Tyreek Hill, 31.5 fantasy points. Jalen Waddell, 30.6. And former member of fantasy jail was incarcerated for a couple of weeks dj moore he just who would have known that it wasn't the number one overall pick or the number three overall pick in in, in the 2020 like 2019 draft that could unlock him over the past couple of years no it's xfl great pj walker that's unlocking dj moore dj moore is now wide receiver 22 in ppr over the course of the season been kind of a roller coaster for dj Moore uh fantasy managers but here he is almost cracking the perfect lineup we'll get to his unsportsmanlike penalty a little bit later um <laughs> we'll get we'll get to it but yeah um rounding out the perfect lineup this week defense the new orleans saints 
makes it pretty easy for you to uh, be the number one defense when you're able to shut out <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll get yes. to that. And then Nick Folk, a kicker I just dropped last week, had 22 fantasy points. Uh, <laughs> so, just oh, dude, we can't it. forget, of course, the tight end spot. Oh, how did, yeah. Um, how I, I think I just repressed Tyler it. Conklin. <laughs> I just repressed the position. Yeah, Tyler Conklin, who had 25 fantasy points this week. Because, um, of course, so many people started Conklin against the Patriots, who historically shut down the tight end better than really any team in football. Uh, wow, just a random game. Zach Wilson got him the rock. I mean, he was open. It was like some of Zach Wilson's better throws on the day were to Tyler uh, Conklin. I almost called him Gronklin. Uh, yes, but I mean, he was, the, he was yes. the beneficiary of a bunch of red zone targets, right? Which is always just, you're going to make your money if you score multiple times at the tight end position. So yeah, now the number eight tight end and PPR too. He had 10 targets. Wow. Wow. 10 targets. If, he's had a bad like four weeks or three weeks stretch here. Yeah. He's still the number I, eight tight end and PPR. That's what I'd, you have to know about that position. I dropped him. Yeah. I mean, if Ty, if Kyle Pitts had put up the stat line, I'd probably be running naked in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this stat line today. Or if had Tyler Cockle's season so far. Kyle Pitts, though, I think he finished his tight end three on the week. Kind of crazy what happens when you, you know, get the ball to him. You, you might for 80 yards and a touchdown. What, what? do you know? You, you throw the ball and you score 34 points? What? No way. No no way when you actually get Kyle Pitts the ball, you, you go into the red zone and score more points. Who, Arthur who would Smith's ever back call that? Good graces. No, he's a good coach. Basically. He is good. Fantasy but, people hate him, but he's a good coach. It's going to be a decision tree all year where it's like, did the did the Falcons win? Yes or no? And if they win, did Kyle Pitts get involved? And if it's a double yes, we're just gonna be singing his praises. If yeah. they win and Kyle Pitts wasn't involved, it's gonna be like, ah, fuck this dude. But if they <laughs> lose and Kyle Pitts doesn't do anything, it's just fantasy jail. So that we'll we'll, we'll print out the uh, decision tree. We'll get it on the Twitter the account with how we're gonna approach Arthur Smith for the rest of the year. But um, Arthur Smith is is kind of a decent coach. We'll give him that for the time being. But that is our perfect lineup for the week. Can't believe we had a Jet in there and you didn't predict it. That's bad on you. We had a Niner in oh, there. Yeah. I didn't predict it. So um, fun, to, fun to see our teams represented, of course. But it's kind of been pretty positive vibes on the pod so far. That's what happens when they give us touchdowns, Keegan. Yeah, I think it, we got a I lot think, of touchdowns. This yeah, Sunday we had a lot of touchdowns. Awesome. It was Lots a great weekend. You can hear it in our voices. Yeah, but the energy's up, especially considering our we were two zombies on the Friday podcast. <laughs> energy is up, but still, man, I think it's time. Milk was a bad choice. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. So, Keegan, tell us about a poor dairy decision you made this weekend. Oh, I'm back drinking from the well of cottage cheese. <laughs> that is, you know, Benjamin. <laughs> Dude, you just can't quit Eno. You really can't, can't quit him. I'm addicted to Eno, Benjamin. I'm just like, I don't know. He, he seems to me like the perfect like spot star, especially without James Conner. I mean, the Cardinals offense should be fine it should be good and he just could not get it going against the vikings and like i should have known that you know behind a banged up offensive line for the cardinals would not mix well but also like they play from behind 
so much. Like it is so hard for him to get involved as a rusher when they're playing from behind. And he does pop up in the receiving game, but he did not have the game that I thought he wanted. And now I'm like three weeks into starting, you know, Benjamin, I've gotten one good start out of it and I'm, I'm getting sick to my stomach. I'm really hoping James Conner is back. So I don't have to think about this anymore. At this well, yeah. point, I'd rather drop Eno so I don't have to make the decision anymore. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's all good, man. Eno went off against the Saints. I guess the Saints have a bad defense. So anytime you make a recommendation uh, for players or teams against the Saints, it's going to go well, right? So you yeah. just have to make recommendations against the Saints. <laughs> oh, exactly. And that's what I did uh, with the uh, <laughs> Dr. Raiders team. <laughs> oh, uh, the... The Raiders team, oh, I, do I have words for them? I mean, we we penned this matchup as a great fantasy matchup, New Orleans versus Las Vegas, and it was great for one side of the ball. Yeah, it was, it was. all fine and dandy for the Saints. They came marching through Las Vegas, and uh, I'll tell you what, the Vegas team did not march at all. Not a single good fantasy game from any Raider. No Josh Jacobs. Yeah, they didn't no. score a point. <laughs> Foster Moreau is the only guy that did anything, man. That, that's torture. Foster I Moreau. If, I don't even know if you could consider this like milk at this point. Like it's like just solid waste. No, you. This, this was your you and your homie went out to go get like in and out or something, and your homie gets a shake. And you didn't get the shake, and you're just craving the shake, and you're watching Alvin Kamara with a forty bomb, eat, drinking the shake, and you're just like, I'm drinking lemonade. No, you went with water. You went with water, bro. And it, you, you went on that health kick, and you just got kicked in the nuts. So yeah, Devontae was... had a a flu game, and it was like actual flu game, like not not a cool flu game. Like he was he was sick. Something was wrong with Devontae. Yeah, and the Raiders the Raiders are a mess. I mean, are we saying their praises, especially Josh Jacobs, for the past two episodes? And we we did I, a segment pumping up the McDaniel's train, and um, I dude, I can't say I watched a ton of this one, so I don't really know. But every time I looked over, it was like Derek Carr taking a back breaking sack, <laughs> or just <laughs> it just they didn't it did not look like a. Uh, Fun matchup for our, our Raiders fans that tune into the podcast. So we'll they tune in. We'll, we'll share a little bit more in our next segment. Um, they didn't but, have fun playing that game. Derek Carr looked miserable. And I know, oh, dude. God. He just wanted to be at church. It's so tough to make him play on Sundays, man. <laughs> he just wanted to be at church. Um, but oh. for Milk was a bad choice for me. Um, I, I did pretty good last week. I didn't make any trash recommendations. I, you know, I've kind of given up on AJ Dillon. I've given up on a lot of my bad beats. But a guy that I love is Wondell Robinson. And I, I thought Wondell had a really spicy matchup here against uh, a Seahawks defense that's improving, but I thought was still beatable. Turns out the Seahawks defense is really good. And Daniel Jones did not play that well. Wondell was on the field a ton, but... You know, he didn't get a lot of run. I, you know, it's like you, you you went and you bought a good ice cream. You thought it was a good ice cream. And then it fell off the cone just, before you took a bite. Yeah, or just, <laughs> what, no, that'd be like if Wondo got hurt. It was more of just like you started eating it and you're like, this ice cream stinks. Like, what is this? It's just not that good. It's got no juice. You know, so you had all the right thought process for what you ordered and then you got it and it just wasn't that good. So that was a bad choice recommending Wondell. I still believe in you, Wondell. Giants are coming off a bye next week. I'm expecting big things for Wondell for the rest of the year. 
And just T. Higgins. We we had a lot of hype on T. Higgins. He's had a great year. But this offense did not look good without Jamar Chase's gravity. It's kind of like Steph Curry when he's on the field. It's Tyreek. It's like Jamar Chase is on the field. Like you basically have to put two to three guys on him because he's just gonna dominate you in man-to-man coverage. So it's just like you kind of thought T was gonna eat, but T saw a lot of that double coverage that Jamar Chase saw. And, you know, T's a good receiver, but is he good enough to consistently beat double coverage? Probably not. The so Jamar I, Chase effect is actually insane for the Bengals. Like if Jamar is not there or Jamar has a, a rough outing, like the Bengals are nothing. I like No. That and that's like a, a special thing to be like to have that much power on your team's outcome as a wide receiver. I mean, it says a lot about Jamar Chase in this offense and how much they need him, but I would have liked to see some more Higgins. He didn't have a bad day. Kind of had that well, one garbage time touchdown. by that but, touchdown. I mean, he doesn't score that touchdown. It's pretty weak. Well, this is fantasy. We don't care about wins and losses in real life. We just care about fantasy point output. Yeah, and and look, like Tyler Boyd still, I think, had like 15 fantasy points. Like Joe Bro didn't look good and still got to like 20. So it's it's not like abysmal, but... Not great set, for the Bengals set, all around. I said this when I dropped the Jamar Chase injury. Like, I just don't see a world where Burrow is this top five QB week in and week out without Jamar Chase. This offense is capped. Basically, is going to have to reinvent its identity. And Joe Mixon looks terrible. <laughs> he looks bad, dude. Like, talk about negative juice. He's seeing all, all his homies in the retirement home go off. And he's from the same draft as Kamara and, and Aaron Jones and CMC. And he just looks toast. So we'll see if he can rebound, but yeah, I don't know. And I'm not going to send him to jail, but I think it's time we send some people to jail, Keegan. Let's cue it. You're stealing, right to jail. You're playing music too loud, right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail. Slow, jail. I'm going to let you go first. You have, uh, you have someone to send to jail. I don't know if Mormons go to regular <laughs> jail or they have their own jail, but not we're sending Zach Wilson to jail. I mean, um, I said a lot about him at the beginning of this podcast, so there's a little bit, there's just a little bit more I want to add. Do your job as a quarterback, Zach, and make the plays you're supposed to make. Like, you are not in the Mountain West anymore. Like, you can't just run around in the backfield. I appreciate that you avoid sacks, and as much as we think you're making a difference back there, you're actually getting sacked at a higher percentage than Joe Flacco was at this point. So stop (laughs) running around with your head cut off and just make the throws that are there for you and throw the ball away. And I don't mean to the other team, Zach, throw the ball away out of bounds and help us win football games. Cause right now you're not doing that. And I'm sending him to at least maybe like County jail for now, but he's he, gone. He should spend some time in fantasy prison for that dumb, like, headband he wears like you do not have the juice to be rocking that dope ass jordan headband it comes out of the back of the helmet it makes him look cool and he also just looks like he's 14 like it just throws me off how how tiny he is on the field (laughs) it's just zach's going to jail he's just until he starts learning from his mistakes he's he's going to jail i'm over it i'm i'm over seeing zach out there Uh, especially considering they have good players on their team that are relevant for fantasy. Yeah, this, there's really no excuse for him. Yeah. We've started taking requests for fantasy jail, so there are a couple of them that were a no-brainer. Cortland Sutton, just 
go to jail, dude. Like, I don't get it. You're not that good. I got tricked into thinking you were DK Metcalf 2.0. In the games that you've played with a healthy Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy's just been better. He has more juice. He is faster. You get open, but like Russ doesn't throw to you over the middle of the field. So like, just I'm over it. Spend some time in fantasy jail. Like this could be a quick one. Like we could put him on probation pretty easily if he has a nice game, but I'm over Sutton. This guy has like had four weeks in a row under five points. He's just been wide receiver Kyle Pitts and no one's really been talking about it. Spend some time in the clink, Cortland. I'm, I'm so over it. <laughs> I'm so over it, Cortland. <laughs> um, Rashad Bateman, why? Why did you play? If you have a foot injury and you're playing on Thursday, why did you play? Like, why did I start you? Why did I start you? Oh, oh man. Goodness. Oh, Rashad. I survived one of the leagues I started you in. You gave me a goose egg and two. It's not your fault you got hurt. The foot injuries are pesky. This foot injury is sinking his season. He's a really interesting player and really good when he plays. But just like, oh, people that just go out there with foot injuries that are hurt and re-aggravate it, just jail. Jail for me for playing you. I should have not played you on a Thursday night. Just jail. Unsportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Jail. The fact that DJ Moore whips off his helmet after he scores the most insane touchdown ever and he's penalized. Like, jail. We don't need that. Like, and the come call on. is supposed to be if you take your helmet off, like in the field of play. And after looking at it, he wasn't. Like, it shouldn't have been a call at all. <clears throat> brutal. It, it just brutal. Just jail. Also, like the taunting penalties are evergreen jail. Like, they're not. Like, what are we doing here? It's pretty whack. Whatever. Like, just go to jail. Taunting and unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, especially the helmet one. The fact that the the stories about DJ Moore and his helmet instead of the next person who's going to spend the rest of his life in jail, which is Cairo Santos. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, pick your teammate up. You just shank a PAT indoors from 40 yards, like 45 yards. You're a professional kicker. You've kicked game-winning field goals. Make your field goal. Also, And he got a chance the, to redeem himself The, the overtime, overtime field goal. And he just shanked it from the exact distance a normal PAT would have been from. So let's stop it, stop it with DJ Moore. Let's hold the people accountable. Cairo, go to jail. Pick your teammate up, dude. Like, all oh, the woke. <sighs> the last one, and this was a submitted, this was submitted from one of our longtime listeners, Malik Webb. Derek Carr, you're going to need to go to jail, dude. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just not working anymore for the Raider faithful. <laughs> they, they are over it. The Raiders are out. Raiders fans out on are tilting on Twitter about Derek Carr. Go be a pastor, dude. Like, uh, it's all good. Seem like a nice guy, but takes way too many sacks, and he's just not getting it done. So, Derek, you're going to spend some time in jail, and the only way you get out is if Malik tells you you can get out. All right? that that's I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules for fantasy prison, even though I do in my hypothetical jail. It doesn't have as much juice this week because we won a lot of fantasy matchups and um, it was great offensive performance for a lot of these guys. Any other, any people you want to send to jail real quick? No, I, I really like this list of people um, on here. And like you said, it was a good week for fantasy all around. I, I thought, you know, a lot of people came to play. So not a lot of people going to jail and the, the people that are definitely deserve it. All right, Arthur, come on out, bud. Come on come out, on. Arthur. Come on out. Come on You're a good out, coach, Arthur. Arthur. Pitsy, Pitsy, you come on out, bud. 
you're you're good to go Najee. we just reviewed your court case and we saw that attempted third and one shake and bake we've added a couple of years on your sentence Najee, man until you score 20 fantasy points in a game Najee, you are, are going to continue to spend some time behind bars until you can show me some identification that doesn't show that you're trent richardson you're going to spend some time <laughs> behind bars Najee harris is just his alias and trent richardson's his real name and Najee seems like a homie. All his post-game interviews seems like a great dude. But yeah, this is an absolute bummer of a season for him and for anyone on the Steelers. I might, yeah, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. You know what? Steelers, you're all going to jail. The whole entire Steelers team, <laughs> except Mike one. Tomlin, is going to jail. Kenny Smallhands, I kind of like him. He's kind of fiery. I kind of respect, like, you kind of, I wish. He's you probably. You probably wish Zach Wilson had his mentality, though. Like, no, keep, I don't. Keep the buck with you. tickets. Not very good. I don't know, man. Post game, he was fired. He called out the team for not studying hard enough. Zach would have just been talking about his mom's best friend. I don't know. It sounds to me like <laughs> a young quarterback who doesn't know his place yet. You can't be calling out your teammates for not it's studying. Matt, it's Matt Canada. I think they're calling out their SC. But Maybe. okay. We'll end the segment. That's it. That's Keegan's draws a line and Zach Wilson slander to the point if you say that he's not as good as Kenny Pickett. That's where he, that's where he draws a line at the slander. All right, Keegan, let's, uh, let's talk waiver wire. All right, Sean. So looking ahead at the waiver wire for week nine. Week um, nine. Oh, my goodness. Week nine. Uh, this is make or break time for fantasy. I mean, you probably either headed to the playoffs or your season's in danger here. So... Let's see what we can't do to help some people. Starting at the quarterback position, there is a name that you have had on here many, many weeks, and it's my time to write him in, and it's Justin Fields. Um, I was waiting for the Joe Burrow Monday night game to come through to see how many points he put up because he had a good week last week. But Justin Fields is the highest scoring fantasy quarterback over the past two weeks. Justin Fields. And he just played a really good Dallas defense and still put up 26 points at the QB position. Two passing TDs and a rushing TD, and he had 60 yards on the ground. And that's why people say just Fields is, you know, maybe they don't win games right now, but he's a great fantasy quarterback. Um, he's got Miami, Detroit, and then Atlanta for his next three matchups. So he's entered the stage of his, he's entered the stage of his career where he's playable in fantasy. Like he's like Josh Allen from a couple of years ago. He's he's special on the ground, dude. He's and they're they're figuring it out. So I've been I've been trying to hammer this one for a while now just because of the upside and yeah i'm happy you capitulated it's good to see it Out, outside good. of justin fields what about what about pj walker we talked him up a little bit i know he hasn't had like a big smash game yet but he's had back-to-back -back games over 15 fantasy points i know he probably makes more sense in two qb leagues but uh what do you think about pj oh man i mean next matchups are cincinnati atlanta uh, again and then baltimore so it could be tough sledding, and he's not getting like that 20-point threshold but that you would like to see, but it's still pretty good output. 15 points last week, 17 this week. Threw for 317 yards and a touchdown. Added another touchdown there, and that's a pretty spicy QV game for P.J. Walker. So He's in the Danny Dimes zone a bit. He's kinda, Danny Dimes. He's I would have to have him here again, and he really <laughs> blew it. But Who do you have um, a running back this week? So the running backs are kind of shots and darks here, and this is uh, like maybe not so good week for. There's no Deontay Foreman's on the waiver this week, but I have Khalil Herbert, um, and he's, this feels like a. This he's is owned. A good one. He's not owned. This is you know I'm going off like general stash, I'm not of our league of people who stare wow. at the fantasy. Khalil out there, Herbert you know? is out there in any of your leagues. Go pick him up. 
Definitely. And even if the this could be a trade candidate too. So yes, I, think I like this. Khalil Montgomery Murder. gets phased out of this offense sooner rather than later. This is the Dallas situation, like 2.0 almost, like where the backup is actually the better running back. And I'm not well, saying Monty's bad. Like, he's a free agent, Herbert though. is better in this offense. And Monty's a free agent next year. So it might make sense for them just to audition Khalil Herbert and kind of start the transition from Montgomery. That's why I said you should go trade for him. But yeah, Khalil Herbert's got juice, dude. He's like really good. And then we're back with another round table of the Ravens backfield. Um, At this point, it's just like whoever's healthy. I don't know. Um, The Gus bus seems to uh, maybe have got a flat tire on Thursday. Hamstring. Hamstring. A lot of people were saying his career's over. I was like, oh, no. And they're like, hamstring injury. I was like, oh, they think it's probably out for a couple weeks. They have a bye in week 10. So So we're here suggesting Kenyon Drake. Whoever's healthy in this backfield, just... Just see, you know. I'll give you $1,000 if you're able to correctly predict this Ravens backfield <laughs> for the rest of the year. Anyone out there, I'll give you a grand. I'll give you straight up. Um, the next one is uh, Jalen Warren. So we mentioned Najee Harris going to jail. How dare you? Um, but Jalen Warren just looks better than Najee yeah. Harris. He's, yeah. he's faster. faster. He, he runs better. Um, and this is like a handcuff situation. But if like they just like are happy with the way Najee is playing towards the end of the year and they're losing more games. Like there could be a lot of Jalen Warren action late in the year. It could be. I um, think Najee Harris is doing everything they're asking to do too. I don't, I just don't know how much of this is a foot injury or how much this isn't like noodle arm Ben Roethlisberger's offense. But I mean, yeah, Warren, whenever he touches the ball, he gets like 10 yards and yeah, yeah he's just doing way more with it. He might just have more juice at this point. And then last one, James Cook. You want to add some notes on James Cook yeah, here? Yeah, James, James Cook got up to 25% snap share this week, meaning he was on the field fourth of the time. Uh, he didn't get a ton of touches, but he finished with eight fantasy points. He had a big, long reception, and then he had seven carries, 35 yards. So this is a position they highly sought after in the offseason. They wanted a running back to catch passes and be dynamic. You know, We're starting to see that. Zach Moss isn't playing, so... I don't know if like Pingletary gets hurt and this becomes the the James Cook show, right? And I don't predict that because I bet Zach Moss will just play more. But I think as the season goes along, James Cook's going to get more playing time. So it's worth a stash. And again, like we said, people in this Bills offense, sign us up. Yep. And so moving on to wide receivers, uh, I'm actually going to start with the one uh, I think is the most sketchy because we were just talking about P.J. Walker, and, and I think Terrace Marshall might be a good waiver wire ad. P.J. Walker being able to support two good fantasy wide receivers is still up in the air. But Terrace Marshall was a pretty good prospect coming out of college. Very um, good. He's starting, and he's starting to see his usage climb. As, ever since Robbie Anderson left, like he's getting more and more usage on a week-by-week basis. Um, he caught four of nine, nine targets against the Falcons. I mean, nine targets is a lot for 87 yards. That would have been a much bigger fantasy day if some more of those would have been completions. Um, but he played 92.5% of the snaps and he's ran 36 playing. routes. Yeah, he's playing. And that is the number I think yeah. I like the most. Um, yeah. We'll see if PJ could support two of them, but I like Terrace Marshall. Um, the next one is Romeo Dobbs. Um, that touchdown grab he had was sick. I know the sick. Packers got doofed, but that was sick. And that's the type of play that Aaron Rodgers sees, and he's like, all right, I can go back to this guy. And like Aaron Rodgers really does have trust issues with his wide receivers. And his and, family. Uh, Yes, well, and his family. <laughs> football is family too, Sean. So that, Fo- that faith, tracks. family, football, baby. Yes, yeah. 
But you're well, right. Dub, Dubs looked awesome. might be football faith and family for Rodgers. I don't know. <laughs> Rodgers only worships himself. But yes, Dubs, Dubs look good. Um, he's got to play. If they want to win games, he's one of the best three wide receivers in that offense. Like He's just got to be out there. Yeah, let the receivers and routes run. And Christian Watson had a scary injury, so he'll miss yeah. some time. Um, 62 receiving yards, seven targets, and had the touchdown grab. It was unreal. And they get the Lions next week, so... Get right game for the Packers, for sure. We would hope. <laughs> for, for sure. Uh, I have Josh Palmer here in my notes, and Sean went ahead and added, this dude sucks ass. So <laughs> I know he loves this suggestion. I get um, it. Volume is king. Now it's hurt already. He's not practicing today, which is insane. Uh, coming, off to the, coming off the bye. I, I just don't think Josh Palmer is explosive. Like he, Somebody uh, has to catch the ball for them, Sean. I hate that. Somebody. But I hate I, if I, I just hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's Austin. <laughs> Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett are the guys that have to catch the ball. I um, know. And DeAndre Carter. Too. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean, you're looking at five to, five to eight targets per game for Palmer. So I get it. I get where you're coming from on this one. And then Darius Slayton. Um, yes. That's my suggestion. Uh, Keegan is just like Darius Slayton. That was his energy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Darius Slayton has played well. Pretty much every opportunity he's got in his career. So he's somebody you could fill out the back of your roster with, maybe wide receiver four, wide receiver five. But who knows? He might pop because he's had stretches in his career where he's been like a top 24 wide receiver for a little bit. So mark this, uh, listeners, and remember this suggestion when Sean is back for Milk was a bad choice talking about a giant wide <laughs> <spider> receiver. <laughs> no, no, this, this is like literally by the end of the year type vibe. Like throw him okay, on there. Okay. If he if he stinks, you know he stinks. You drop him. But like if you go look at it, he's playing more. And he's getting like twelve to ten fantasy points. He's like doing something similar to Donovan's People Jones. Who you know I know it's not sexy, but. You play in a league where you just need to play a flex because it buys and you're just desperate. Darius, you could do worse than Darius Slayton. I'm telling you. This is true. Um, this is low-key my favorite group to highlight on waivers this week, and it's tight ends. Yeah, the biggest the biggest wire pickup, in my opinion, for the next week or two is is our tight end one to, we're picking up this week. Is Isaiah Likely. Yes. Yes. Um, he, yeah, he's incredible. He's so good. Yeah. He's incredible. I mean, he's a really, really good pass catcher. Um, and... I think, you know, monitoring Mark Andrews' health, if he doesn't play, this is a smash pickup that, like, all Mark Andrews owners needs to prioritize. And, like, I don't think Andrews is going to play. I don't think Andrews is going to I think they have a bye week, week 10. I think it's yeah. a prime candidate for Isaiah Likely to play one week. And then, you know, not only that, no Bateman either. Like, so this is like another somebody has to catch the ball. It would be the Devin Duvernay and Isaiah Likely show next week. But unlike Joshua Palmer, like, He's actually good, right? He's actually a good player. What was he came in was like play basically one half as the starter, and he went seven for seventy seven in a tug. Yep. Uh, he looked he looked insane. My my comment to you was like, how is he not playing more? Like what? You literally like Greg Roman deserves more time in jail for this. Like we, we're watching the offensive, we're watching the receivers you trot out there each week. It's a fucking travesty. Like, play <laughs> Isaiah Likely. Stop playing Patrick Ricard. We don't care. Like, just play your best players. Like, whatever. Okay. Who's, and who's then, your, oh, how dare you make this suggestion? The next one is your how, guy. How dare you? How dare you make this suggestion? It is <laughs> Greg Dulcich, baby. I have been telling you for weeks. If you've been listening weeks. to this podcast, I've been like, go big up Greg Dulcich. They kind of like sold the farm for this guy to draft him. 
they basically kicked Albert Zero to the curb to play Greg Dulcich. Like this whole offense has been setting up to play Greg Dulcich. And not only has he played, he's kind of like saved this offense. Like he's making like George Kittle catching runs. Like he's like breaking this game open and saving this team right now. It's kind of crazy to say he has the third most receiving yards through three games in history for a tight end. Yeah. 182. Could be a could be a league saver if you're weak at tight end. And he looks like Uncle Blazer from Workaholics. He's just a beautiful man with flowy, curly locks and a mustache. And he is a beast. So. Weird Al Yankovic with a really good 40 times. <laughs> yes, go pick up Greg Dulcich, dude the beast. <laughs> and then last one, um, I suggested this a couple times, but Evan Ingram. He's had a great really year. Really steady fantasy player. Year. Uh, four straight games with nine plus points of fantasy, and then it's like a, a hell yeah for the tight end position. Um, and he's getting six or more targets in each of those games. Um, so you're probably running out of time to grab him at this point, but that's a good one. Um, tight end 10 right now in PPR. He has scored over 10 fantasy points in PPR four times. So it's pretty, re- yeah, relatively consistent. He hasn't had like a 20 bomb or anything, but he basically had 15 op- this week. He did, and he he basically operates as a quasi-receiver. I mean, the least amount of targets he's seen in a game, he had one, he had a bad game, but four targets, eight targets, three targets, ten targets, one target, six targets. You know, he's just, he's getting volume, and that's all you can ask for. It's Maybe he's not having the season Tyler Conklin's having, but he's having, he's more consistent. We can, I mean, guy, he probably can trust him more. And then lastly, uh, defenses. I've got two for you this week, Sean. Spicy. Uh, two? I've got two. Two. I've got two. I got two, two defenses. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one uh, so for the stream and one for the buy. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I we're reaching that. that. We're re- I'm not cutting shit, sir. <laughs> uh, so I've got the Vikings uh, defense. Uh, double the two fantasy points in consecutive games, and they play Washington in the week nine. That's uh, so according to kind of going against the Taylor Heineke hype I had earlier, but Washington's allowed the fifth most points to fantasy defense this season, which is such a funny and dumb stat to read out, like allowing fifth most points to fantasy defense. But it's a stat nonetheless. It's a stat, Keegan, and we love stats on the Rush of the Meat podcast. I, then, I like um, it. I like your second one. The Chiefs defense. There we go. There we go, baby. The, the Chiefs defense coming off of they get to play the Titans, and I'm not entirely sure who will play quarterback for the Titans next week. I think it'll um, be Tanny, right? And so that could change this Chiefs outfit a little bit, but there's not a chance in hell that they let Derrick Henry run for 200 yards against them. That's just not happening against the Chiefs. They're too well coached for that. Uh, and the QB situation there has been pretty shaky, and they don't have a lot of good receivers. Um, that make you worry as a defense. So I, I like the Chiefs here uh, coming off a of bye, and they're probably, uh, you know, definitely available in your league after they were not playing. So that wraps up week nine. Nine wires. Nine. nine. And I feel like there were some stinky ass suggestions in here, but you heard me do a Kevin Gates uh, <laughs> a riff <laughs> a parody. Um, we are officially reaching the loopy hours of the podcast here. But this was a fantastic Sunday and Monday of NFL action. It was fun to actually talk about good performances instead of tilt about the people we want to see 
<laughs> spend some time behind bars. So it's honestly probably good for the pod. <laughs> either way, either way we're winning. But we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Always appreciate your support. We're coming to you Friday afternoon with our favorite matchups podcast and also our perfect lineup predictions. Keen and I are going to be recording on Thursday nights now. So we're going to be really loopy after uh, getting <laughs> drunk get off to a little uh, Thursday night football action. Uh, yeah. So that, that'll be a good time. It's always great getting to listen to Kirk Herbstreet. Um, outside of that, Keegan, thanks, man. We appreciate it as always. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll, uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Mm-hmm.